Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. I am Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. I just held in a sneeze. <laughs> Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Welcome back. It's Friday. It's a, it's a good day. Uh, if you've been around for the last month or so, you'll know that a lot of Friday episodes have sort of been throwbacks. We've, we've had a couple of Christians of history from uh, our back catalog that really didn't get any love back in the day. So we re-released them. Uh, they're all getting plenty of, of beautiful, kind, and compassionate love today. So we appreciate that. We want to say thank you for that. But but we're back with fresh content. Uh, it, again, if you've been around for a while, you know that very sporadically we throw in uh, this little segment that we like to call Theology 101. Uh, I neglected to see when the last time was that we did one of these, but I want to say that it was at least two months ago, maybe more, since October was devoted to heresy. So it was probably like August or September, and we talked about revelation. And in parentheses, it probably said something about general and special um, revelation. Uh, so today, continuing that theme, continuing this like natural trajectory of theology 101, the, the, the basics of theology, uh, we thought it was appropriate to talk about the Bible specifically. What is the Bible? What is God's word? Uh, if you listen to Tuesday's episode, you'll know that we talked specifically about God's word, about uh, Psalm 119 in particular. Uh, and so these these episodes sort of have some uh, interconnectedness. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of what I'll say here at the outset. Lucas, is there anything that you want to uh, add in? No, I think we can, we can kind of just get started. And, and, you know, the reason that even though it's not, released back to back so it's easy to forget the reason that we're we're talking about the bible you know theology of the bible and under theological understanding of scripture is because it's it's the perfect follow-up to a theology of revelation in general if we think about the most basic definitions general revelation being like nature special revelation the 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 most obvious example of special revelation is the bible is god's word that he gave to us that was written down that was passed down to us from you know thousands of years ago all all that so what is you know what is a theological uh description might be a good word what is a theological description or, or definition of the bible of the word of god i think the most basic one is is that the bible that the um you know what we might call the word of god the the written revelation special revelation of god is is the inspired message contained in the books of the bible that god has given as his self-revelation to his people and i think that most importantly is is this idea of, of inspiration this is this is uh obviously there's a lot to say about how does inspiration work what does inspiration mean but i do think that at a base level it, it's it's fairly simple as as this idea of like coming from god right um as opposed to just being a human religious text or a human historical text or that kind of thing um and then obviously we're talking about an actual text the books that are in the Bible. And again, there's there's more complicated layers to that discussion in terms of which books do you uh, count, because not everybody agrees 
not everybody who is a Christian who loves the, the Lord and, and loves his word agrees. But we do agree on, at a minimum, the 66 that that are probably familiar to most of our listeners. Um, and the purpose being this, the revelation that God has given to his people to teach them who he is, who they are, the way of salvation, our need of Christ, all of that stuff, right? So I think that that's kind of a, I don't know, I would like to think a fairly decent like flyover of sort of like the key points if we're thinking about theologically what is the Bible. Hmm. So I don't know if there's anything you want to flesh out or anything you wanted to add that I missed. Yeah, and not, not I mean, there's not really anything I want to add, but just to, to continue this conversation, uh, I, I will say that this is a, a brief introduction. I mean, every point along the way here could probably be its own episode. You know, we could talk about inspiration for an hour. We could talk about uh, inerrancy for hours, right? So I just, I, I want to say that at the, the somewhat outset here, that that's not what we're doing here. This is a, a 101, a nice introduction. Uh, perhaps this is good for people that don't know these things or, or, or just need a, a quick refresher. Um, but I think a question that gets asked often is, you know, is the Bible reliable? You've just said that it's a, a book that's inspired. I just threw out the word inerrancy. Um, but how can we trust it? How can we know that what we have in our hands, you know, right now I can reach out and I can grab my Bible that's um, old and New Testament. It's 66 books. It's it's the Christian standard, uh, the Christian standard Bible translation. Um, is that reliable? And even that question has some nuance um, because uh, in, in one sense, my Christian standard Bible that I'm holding right now is not inerrant. It is not uh, perfect in the sense that it is a translation that certainly contains human errors. But as the translators themselves would almost undoubtedly tell you is that they did painstaking work to translate the word of God from its original languages into a modern language such as English or Spanish or German or whatever language it is that you speak. Um, but when we talk about is the Bible reliable, um, one sense of that is uh, in its original form was what was written really what was supposed to have been written. Like, can we trust that the those early manuscripts versus later manuscripts, like how, how, how reliable is it? And so without going into too many details, I, I, ca I can pretty confidently tell you that um, compared to other, uh, you know, ancient texts, think think things like the Iliad, the Odyssey, um, the Gaelic Wars, like some of these just like old texts that have sort of survived thousands of years. We have just like handfuls. I'm talking like 10 to 12 manuscripts existing today of these texts. Whereas with the Bible, we have thousands I'm talking like thousands that span Old and New Testament from different eras. We're talking like early BC, um, like early copies, uh, all the way up until like, well, what what was Jesus reading? Like, what would Jesus, ha what would he have had as he walked on the earth? Um, and so as we compare these thousands of manuscripts, again, we're not comparing two or three. We're not even comparing like hundreds. We're talking like comparing thousands, um, even where subtle differences whether it just be like in punctuation or spelling um, or whatever it might be, um, th those things are going to happen naturally. Um, but uh, pretty pretty much across the board, what we have in the way of manuscripts is consistent. It's the the same text. It's um, it, it's been preserved. It's been uh, you know passed down from generation to generation uh, because the people who 
chose to, 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 to hold it so tightly. Think of the people of Psalm 119, those people who dwell on the word of the Lord, the people who, who love his precepts. If, if that's true, they're going to preserve it. They're going to hand it down. They're going to continue to talk about it, to share it, to dis, uh, distribute it. And uh, I mean, that's, that's just kind of like the way that it's sort of uh, fallen throughout human history. And so I know for a lot of people, you know, especially as you compare it to maybe other religious texts or even just other texts that are that are older, um, that that question is going to naturally arise. Like, can we trust this? And if so, how much can we trust it? And so at least personally for me, I feel pretty confident that like what we have in our English Bibles here has been translated from a Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic text that is pretty faithful, has been pretty consistent over thousands of years. However, I will say one thing, we have zero original manuscripts. Now, maybe that causes you to gasp. Maybe that causes you to like recoil in fear, or maybe you're an optimist and you say yet. Uh, I, I don't know who, I don't know how you feel to that, but uh, yeah, we, we do not have any of the original, what the, what the scholars call autographs. You know, we don't have the, the papyrus that Paul put penned to and wrote a letter to the Corinthians. Like we don't have that original, uh, but we have, again, hundreds and thousands of copies of these letters and they were pretty widely distributed. And I think it's pretty safe to say that we can trust what we have as being at least consistent with what's always been there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like the, the more I've learned about, about it, like I would, I wouldn't even say pretty, like it's, it's, unbelievably consistent if, if you if you compare it to just the amount of time and um and transmission and translation that that this text has gone through it's 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 pretty amazing and obviously this is a very complicated topic i mean the there's an entire field of study that people spend literally they have careers doing this called textual criticism that we if you're interested we'll devote more time to so let you know be sure to let us know but um, as it's in summary of, of, of what's relevant for our point here today is that it is a reliable um, group of texts that we call the Bible. And if we're concerned, like what our concern is not whether or not we know what God told his people. The question is, what do we do with what God told his people? Do we believe that it was just a bunch of human religious thinkers getting together? Do we believe that people have, you know, missed the point, you know, th those are the questions we need to be asking. But those questions proceed on the basis that we have in our possession, the text that Jewish and Christian uh, religious beliefs and practices are based on. And the and reason they're based on that is it, it is it is the text that was given to them that they have received for thousands of years. Um, that is the faithful text of God's revelation to them. Yeah, and we haven't said this yet, but the Bible itself, these 66 books, were written over thousands of years in different times, in different places, by dozens of different people. And despite all of those facts, this collection that we have tells a unified story. And so even in that sense, that's pretty profound. I mean, even when I mentioned something like, you know, the Odyssey, that's like a book written by a guy. We're not talking about, you know, dozens of books written by dozens of people that were compiled and collected for thousands of years. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's a little bit more substantial. It's a little bit more of a, a colossal undertaking even to to have the, uh, the interconnectedness, to have the uh, you know the, the the main idea of scripture r- remain the same throughout. I mean, we see in the beginning in, in Revelation or sorry in Genesis where. Uh, you know, God creates, there's the fall, there's the promise of redemption and reconciliation. And then we see this story, humanity, this rising and falling of just like, is it, is it finally going to happen? No. Is it finally going to happen? No. And then finally Jesus comes on the scene and we know what happens in the gospels. And then our, our canon ends with revelation where we, where we see uh, what's to come in the future. And just this, this beautiful picture front, front to back, um, and, and, you know, I, I think without getting into words like inerrancy, without getting into words like, um, you know, inspired, because I think we're going to have episodes along the way where we devote an entire episode to that topic in this Theology 101 series, I thought it would just be kind of cool to point out where um, where Scripture actually speaks to itself as, as being Scripture. Uh, because, you know... W- when Jesus was on the planet, when he was walking the the deserts of, of Israel, uh, he had what he considered his his word, his his scripture, his commandments. You know, the the the, the five books of um, the Pentateuch and the the, the the prophets and so forth. Uh, but we have a different collection because we add in the Gospels and Acts and the letters and 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 all of those things. Um, but in in First Timothy First uh, Timothy five seventeen through eighteen. Uh, basically, Timothy says, or uh, Paul says to Timothy, the elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, so he's about to literally quote scripture, uh, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. That's Deuteronomy 25.4. And the worker is worthy of his wages, Luke 10.7. So Paul is quoting two passages that we have in our Bibles today, and he is referring to both of them as scripture. So we see like early on, this is pretty incredible when you think about it, early on as Paul is writing to Timothy, it's already sort of becoming established that Luke's gospel is on the same standing as the rest of scripture. That's a, I mean, we maybe take it for granted now, but I feel like that's a pretty profound statement for, you know, this is probably written in the 50s or 60s AD. Jesus has been dead for 20 years. Well, sorry, not dead. <laughs> Jesus has been ascended for 20 to 30 years at this point, And we're already referring to one of his gospels as scripture. Um, so one of the other ones is second Peter three, 14 through 16 here. Peter says, therefore brothers, uh, while you wait for these things, make every effort to be found without spot or blemish in his sight at peace. Also, regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given to him. So he's, he's saying we have this dear brother Paul who has written things. He speaks about these things in all of his letters. There are some matters that are hard to understand. The untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction as they do with the rest of the scriptures. So here Peter is talking about Paul talking about his letters, talking about the teachings that Paul gives to his churches. And he's saying that the untaught and the unstable will take those things and twist them, is going to distort them to their own destruction as they do with the rest of scriptures. So even in 2 Peter, Peter is already considering Paul's letters 
on the same level as scripture too. So I don't know. I you know, say what you want to about about those two passages, uh, but it it seems pretty clear to me that at least here Paul and Peter are referring to different parts of what we consider the New Testament and putting them on the same pedestal as scripture, which again to us might seem like well yeah, uh, but I think for these early audiences that would have been a pretty like a pretty staggering claim to put these on the same level as like the law of Moses to put this on the same level as like the things that the prophets said. You're telling me that Luke, you're telling me that Paul are on the same level as Isaiah as Jeremiah, right? We could almost picture some of the people hearing this as, as it was read aloud, but I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to say as we round out this conversation? No, I hope this is this was helpful. At least raised some interesting and and relevant uh, questions to to sort of follow up on and and you know as as time goes on, we'll probably revisit some of these questions as we continue on. But um, I don't. I, I think I think we kind of covered covered what I had hoped to for today. So that being said, we want to thank you for tuning in. We want to thank you for listening and. Um, Again, hopefully you got something out of this. Uh, let us know. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Doxology Podcast or uh, shoot us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and questions and ideas for future episodes. Uh, in general, we'd love to hear from you, even if it's not related to this episode or, or you know, episodes in general. Um, you can always you know, follow along to keep updated with, with uh, things that are going on, episodes that are coming out and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've got links for t-shirts and such, uh, for sale online. If you want to go above and beyond and until next time, we'll see you. Peace.